On this episode of The Bonus Years, we talk about horrible bosses, fraud, and what we want to be when we grow up. Let's go. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Bonus Years podcast. My name's Ben. And I'm Brooke. And we're going to talk about calling today. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Aren't you excited? I am excited. It's going to be good. Uh, But as always, we start off every episode of the podcast with a little conversation starter. You ready, babe? I'm so ready. I just pulled this one at Rambo. Rambo? Rambo? I ramboed this one. Uh, (laughs) Here it is. Oh, gosh. Who's the worst boss you've ever had and why? Nope. Nope. I played the fifth. You're not going to even answer? You don't have to... I never, I've never worked for not a church or a nonprofit. So, so I can't just be like, oh, my boss at that fast food place that time was awful. Well, thankfully, I've worked for a lot of different people. Who's been your worst boss? My worst boss? Um, you don't have to name them, but I'm you could describe them. I'm definitely them. I've had a lot of good bosses and a lot of bad bosses. So I'm trying to pick the worst of the worst patch. Um, that's a really good question. It's a really complicated question. And the why is the, the worst part. I, I really don't work well for people who don't have very strong vision. Yeah. Same. So I think that's probably probably the worst boss I've worked for. I worked for a boss who... Um, this is probably my worst boss. She would... That's all I'm going to give you is that it is a female. But she would say things to your face... Like supportive and very kind, but you could. I always don't like tell, where this is going. You could always tell that it wasn't actually true, and then you'd eventually hear much different opinions um, behind your back, or uh, you'd hear things like, or get re- treated differently, or things wouldn't actually happen the way that that she said they would. That sucks. She eventually, you know, got fired because she was committing fraud. Oh dang! Yeah. Oop, that might have given away too much. Okay, moving on. Today we're talking about calling, not fraud, but calling in life. Um, Brooke, what? Tell us the moment you felt called. What is? What was that like? From birth. From birth, dang. Came no. out of the womb. I'm called to serve the Lord. Oh, you meant called to serve Jesus. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I kind of think I always had an idea that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, when you I have like a moment, though? I do have a moment. I was getting there. Um, I went to youth camp my freshman year, going into my freshman year of high school. Um, and we always combined with a lot of other churches for camp. And they had they brought in like some of the greatest speakers and worship leaders from across the country at that time. Um, and there was one one particular evening service that they talked about um, calling and serving God as your like full-time vocation. And I don't know if I'd ever heard that language before. Um, And I just definitely felt and sensed in that moment, like I want to, I want to serve Jesus, whatever that looks like. Um, And my 14 year old brain, because all I did and all I knew was music and leading worship. I thought for sure that I would be leading worship for the rest of my life, like in a church as like a worship pastor or something. So that was the moment. 14. 14. Yeah. What about you? 
Well, I mean, I I was late to the game. I, I found Jesus when I was sixteen. Where'd he you find him? Me. Uh, I found him in <laughs> parking lot. No. Uh, <laughs> I I think we shared some of that already. So go backwards and listen to some other things, babe, and you can figure out. My how bad. To, yeah. Uh, no, I I mine wasn't at a youth camp, although. Because by that time I was 16, 17 years old, and so youth camp wasn't that big of a deal to me. Like, I feel like the sweet spot for youth camp is like middle school and freshman, sophomore year. I agree. Uh, You're so malleable. I know. Uh, are you saying I am or at that age? That before? age. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so for me, I think it was like a Sunday night worship service at church or something like that. And um, it was the... It was like a, you know, my church was very Pentecostal, altar calls at every service. People mm. would like get prayed for, and anointing oil. People would quote unquote fall out in the spirit, like all of that kind of stuff. Very Pentecostal. So that's like my roots and background, uh, which I respect a ton. Um, I don't necessarily see that happen a lot anymore, but like that was definitely, you know, the early 2000s was like late nineties was a, that was a big deal. Um, so it was one of those kind of services just to set the stage. And, I uh, wasn't, I mean, I saw people getting prayed for and stuff, but it was one of, the, one of those really cool moments where the Lord just really put this thought, this idea in my head that, because at that time I wanted to be an architect. Like I was so, I have the CAD that. designs to put I know it, I was a nerd. I would draw things. I had the most advanced computer software that I could afford uh, for free uh, <laughs> on my computer in the you know early 2000s so it was super good um, but that was my plan and I even did stuff at school in high school to like well, I took a CAD class uh, and learned stuff um, and so that was my plan and so the Lord was like hey so this is what you're wanting to do and that's great but I want you to to build other things and Ooh. I know right uh, so it was a really like it felt vague at first and and so, and I was, I'm a very distractible person, so there's a lot going on. So I was trying to stay focused. And uh, as I leaned in more, the Lord was like, I have big things for you. Um, you're going to have to pivot your plans. Because at that time, even I was 16 and I wanted to go to Arizona State. Like I had everything planned out. The whole future. Yeah. And so it was even crazy in that moment. The Lord was like, I want you to go to this place called Lee. And I didn't even know about it. Uh Later, I found out that a lot of other people from our church had actually gone there. And so maybe it was like subconsciously in there. Or yeah. I heard a conversation, but like I knew that was where I was supposed to go. Um, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that what I had planned was going to be a lot different than what the Lord had planned. Yeah. Do you ever go back to that moment and think, like, did I hear the Lord correctly? Or did I filter it through like my teenage lens of what I thought it would be? I think everybody questions that i think yeah. it'd be dumb if you didn't um just just I mean, say maybe, it then, maybe you're the kind of person that i know you're not but i'm not maybe you're listening and you're the kind of person that never questions god but i don't think he made us that way i think he made us to question and to pursue um clarity and um yeah greater understanding i don't think he wants a bunch of mindless uh, mindless minions obedient minions if he did he wouldn't have made us the way he did i think Word. that's good I'm questioning now. Are you? <laughs> so, like, from that moment for you, Brooke, when, you know, at camp, you felt called, mm -hmm. what was the first steps that you took to try to, like, figure that out? I mean, I remember the immediate steps were 
every night after that service, our youth group went off on our own and we talked about what God did in us during that time, which is kind of critical because you can have these moments with God or like in a private relationship, but until you kind of process that out with people in a community, you don't really like it's not a real thing sometimes that solidifies it. So our youth group was as big as some people's churches. I think we had over 100 kids at camp with us, and that wasn't even our whole youth group. Uh, so we're all sitting like in a circle, and we're on a college campus in a room. And they asked, how many of you went forward uh, that you feel like this like call to something, call to ministry? I think there were six of us. I wrote it down somewhere in an old journal. Um, and then they had us share like what we felt like God said to us and like how. So so I went home with support. Yeah, I went home with friends who were supportive. I went home with youth pastors who were supportive. Um, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church in Mississippi. And so there were not females doing what I wanted to do as far as like ministry goes, because I kind of grew up only observing women being kids pastors or pastors' wives. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it was a really unique... They weren't even worship pastors? No. Wow. No. I mean, they could they could lead in worship. They could sing a special or... They wouldn't be the boss. But they would not be the like administrative yeah. head decision-making person. So, um, like, I knew all of that, but somewhere in my mind still, I was, like, the exception to that rule. Part of that's probably being an Enneagram 3, and I'm like, I'm driven and I'm called, so here we go. Like, buckle up. Um, and I had really supportive male youth pastors. So um, the pa- youth pastors I had, they never, never put a stipulation on, like, because I was a girl that I could or couldn't do it. They were like, here's more training. Here's more opportunity. And they just kept throwing it at me. Um, So as far as that goes, like the next steps were highly centered in my youth group and in my church experience, um, where even when I was not the the one in charge, I would take advantage of every opportunity to go and like speak to people or lead people in in worship. I was always writing songs. Um, That that was the beginnings of it. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. For me, it was like I just dove in um, to serve wherever I could um, and, you know, like researched the school that I felt like I was supposed to go to, which was really weird to actually find out it was a thing. (laughs) But I I dove right in. I connected with a youth pastor at my church and told him what what I had felt and, um, I mean, was really amazing. He took me like under his wing, um, taught me a ton of stuff. you know, I look back a lot and thank him just thinking because he was always um, like st- strategy first over tactical things mm. first. He was, uh, he went on to be a lead pastor like immediately following this. Uh, he definitely thought like that. He um, like saw something in me and knew that my natural tendency was how do I, f- how do I do this? Like I right. want to figure out the steps I need to take. And he kept pulling me out of that and helping me think bigger and more long term, which was really cool because I was like, oh, I need to learn this. I need to learn that. I need to learn this. And he was like, no, 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 no. Like, let's pull that back a little Mm. bit and and look a little bit bigger. Slow down there, Enneagram 7. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) oh, I need to have this skill. I better learn it. Um, You know, oh, I have to be able to speak in front of people or or. I need to learn how to build a website or I need to learn how to. Those skills have all come in handy. Which is really great. I'm glad I learned those skills. But even more grateful for the like the foundational stuff that he taught me 
um, I was so like enamored with what I knew I was supposed to do. Like I actually uh, was dating a girl at the time who was a year ahead of me in school. And I talked so much about this that she ended up going to that school. Um, wow. And, uh, and you followed her there later. I, I did, but we had already broken up. By oh, okay. It's a, that's a rough story. Um, that's I mean, like, a that's story. a bonus years behind the scenes. Glad that she broke up with me. It was the right thing because now I'm married to you. Word. Um, but she was amazing. She's great too. But she found her husband and she's married and she found him at Lee too. That's so. that calling. Calling to Lee means <laughs> marriage. I'm pretty sure that like she had like started dating him before she broke up with me, but we don't need to dive into that. Wow. Yikes. It's fine. I have no hard feelings about it at all. Anyways. Uh, so no, I, uh, talked so well of it that I got. She ended up going, and then um, one of my friends, Caleb, ended up going um, at the time, too. And we ended up being roommates our freshman year. And I did some vocal coaching for Caleb. Full circle. Full circle. Uh, So that's kind of how I pursued it. It was was really like all in, which is kind of not shocking for me. No, not at all. What do you feel differently about now that you're like in your mid-30s? Oh, God, that sounds weird. I know. I mean, versus that 14-year-old Brooke. Yeah. That felt called i am in my mid-30s trying to rediscover the excitement of 14 year old me yeah like that's kind of part of the bonus years journey i think um is that um even though i was really well supported uh as I was a developing leader, and then I went on to college where I had a lot of opportunity to grow. Uh, once it came time for me to actually get a job past college, uh, doors did not open as easily um, in ministry. And uh, that's cross-denominational and cross-organization. Like It's just been different. And so uh, questioning like what, what was from God uh, for me and what was stuff I kind of added to, because um, that's just what our brains do. Like when we don't have all the information, we kind of fill in those gaps, and 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 so kind of I feel like I'm kind of stripping back, uh, all the way back to 14 year old Brooke. I've been hanging out with her a lot in my journal lately, and just saying that's who you're talking to. That's who I'm talking to, and just asking her like, what excited you? What made you? I mean, what motivates a 14 year old girl to write a song a day for over a year? Like. What motivates her? It's never the money. It's never a job. It's never position. It was all about like what I felt like was in me to accomplish and to give to the world. Yeah. Um, And I didn't have to worry about all the adulty part of it, like providing for a family and paying bills and all those things. Boo bills. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so I'm just rediscovering what calling looks like. Um, Because every leader I've ever had has defined it differently. Yeah. I think that's why I'm hesitant to define it here. Um, But I feel like there's a spark of something in all of us that is birthed because of how God designed us and God made us in his image. And so when we tap into that thing, um, we're more fulfilled, we're more happy, um, we're more productive, um, and we can live life from a place of joy instead of defeat. That's good. Yeah. I think... Also being in my mid-30s. Uh, Feels weird to say it, doesn't it? Is 34 your mid-30s? Yeah, you're, oh, you're almost 35, babe. Yeah, let's not talk about that right now. Um, I think, yeah, being in my mid-30s, um, having experienced 
both really good times and bad. I think I think calling is a lot more broad than we probably were ingrained to believe it was. Yeah. Especially, I mean, because you had like in high school, you had all these career assessments and everybody's trying to to get you a, to make a decision at like 16 about who you're going to be for the rest of your life. That's so is, crazy when I think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, you don't know who you are. I mean, I still don't know necessarily who I am. I don't am, think we ever I mean? will because we're constantly evolving. Um, but there's such a drive like, oh, here's your, you took this test and this is what it says you should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being really proud that mine had listed on their architect when I got done with it because it just mm-hmm. helped support like, oh, I'm right about who I am. This my, is great. My ideas are valid. Right. Yeah. And so to look back and be, you know, 34 and look back at, you know, 16 year old me, um, we don't talk much. So maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> who are you talking I don't to? Know. Um, but I think, you know, there's. There was so much society pressure to, you know, fit into a certain mold. There's so much, uh, even within the church, where it was like, if you're a male and you feel called to ministry, here's the list of the jobs that you should be doing in a church. And especially, you know, I mean, I think about the early 2000s, late 90s, when when I was, you know, young in, in my relationship with Jesus and discovering what this all meant. There was not anybody that does the job I do right now in a church. Right. Like that job didn't exist. Um, what job is that for people who don't know you creative arts director yeah so managing a communications team at a church like that doesn't even like i i don't even know who did anything of that when i was that you know when i was 16 years old at my church like we had a worship pastor we had a youth pastor youth pastor (laughs) kids pastor um and we weren't a small church um but we didn't do all the things that we do now right um i mean websites were we're starting to be a thing, but they had like clip art and stuff on them. You oh know my gosh, I, mean? I remember. Um, you know, we recorded messages on CDs and tapes. And so, I mean, I think about like that wasn't even an option when I was that age. So I think trying, I think part of it is just trying to go, okay, if I go back to that original feeling and that passion, that calling, and I try to remove all the society yeah. from it, this uh, influences from society, and then the just perceived what it should look like. I think that's yeah. kind of the that's kind of where I'm at in my like pursuing my calling is if I could strip away all of that um, and take the calling and the the passion I feel out of the box and yeah. say without limitations without societal pressures on it what would it actually look like to do what I feel God has called me to do what does that drive within me what would yeah. that produce in my life. Um, well, and somebody had to do that and pave the way for us. Like somebody was like, we don't have this job yet, but like somebody needs to manage the website and make sure we communicate Right. the same on all platforms. And, you know, somebody one day was like, oh, I don't just need a worship pastor. I need like a band director, like somebody right. who can speak the language of the yep. musician. Um, and so I think us being in a place where we can create again mm-hmm. and ideate is going to pave the way for somebody behind us to go like, oh. That's a job I didn't know was a thing. Yeah, because and, no one's done it yet. What better time in our in our in our world to be asking these kind of questions? Yeah. I mean, you know, no matter what industry you were working in or feel called to, every industry is reinventing itself right now. Absolutely, uh, every successful industry. Yes, they're either doing that or they're dying. And so, I mean, if you feel called to do something. Take a few days and try to get yourself in a headspace where you can mm-hmm. think outside the box. Uh, apply that to where you are now because 
I don't believe that any of us are in a, in a place on accident. Um, I think, you know, maybe you are about to move or transition out of the place that you're in or move into a new place. Yeah. But I believe we're all in the right place in the right moment. So if you take advantage of, of just being inspired to, to think outside the box and, and not put, you know, limitations on what you feel you are called to do, the passion that you have, to the drive that you have, and apply it to your current reality yeah. in a new way, um, that is the biggest, like, stepping stone that you can step onto to take a better, more clear direction on what you're called to do. Yeah. And I would just say, like, I feel like that's part of what the bonus years is about. Like we offer, you know, the coaching and the blog posting and like all just the normal, the podcast stuff. Right. Um, but, but I really want people to be free and safe to just explore whatever the thing is that God's put in them and to have that community support behind them. So, so good. Yeah. Well, we'd love to continue this conversation with you. If you have questions, if you have uh, specific things you need help with, we'd love to chat with you. Um, Brooke's way, way better at coaching people than I am, but we'd love to sit down with you or Zoom with you if you want to connect and talk more about your calling and how to uncover what that might actually be in this season of your life. We'd love to chat. So you can always email us. Where can they contact you? Brooke at bonusyearsblog.com. Or on Instagram at The Bonus Years, Facebook, The Bonus Years, or bonusyearsblog.com. Wow. Good job. Thanks. All right. We'll see you next time on The Bonus Years Podcast. See ya.